This week on Dice Boys. It's well known that supply and demand is basically a force of nature. Science tells us this. And Neil deGrasse Tyson over here. And as such, you can't blame Beetle for his inventory. He's merely just a victim of, <laughs> of the, the powers market, that be. That's market. right, exactly. <laughs> he has no choice in the matter. He's a simple vendor trying to earn he's his way in the high room. So he's got to have them hot footed frogs. Exactly. To offer. Otherwise, when he's going through fucking, I don't know, whatever bumfuck town <laughs> they like to eat those at, you know what I mean? He's yeah. got to get a place Louisiana. To stay there, exactly. <laughs> Louisiana Hyrule, that's right. <laughs> a frog leg specialty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Blame it on the market, dude. Hey, everyone. This is Blake here, and you're listening to Dice Boys. Believe it or not, brand new episode. Last time on Dice Boys, the players turned in the quest, essentially. They they met back up with the foul-mouthed dwarf Amadeus, the so-called art collector, and gave to him the painting, only to find that the painting was a portal to a magical dimension where Amadeus could return to his long-lost love, Trillium Gennaro. And we left off with the players standing in Amadeus's quiet study in the moonlight. So let's just spend a little time checking in with them and seeing how this adventure has changed them, what new abilities they have, what new insights and outlooks they have, and let's see how they've leveled up. It's been a while since I've gotten to say this, but let's head down to the basement and roll some dice. Are we ready? Yeah. How are we over there, J-Man? J-Dog? J-Lizard? J-Lizard. No? What? <laughs> <laughs> Never has anyone... I thought that one was... Li- nobody know that one? I thought that was the land. I thought that was the net. That's pretty, pretty hard to say off the tongue, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. J-Lizard. I like where your head's at. Uh, I think it's got some, I think let me it's just add that to my list of NPC names for the <laughs> Yeah, <series>. sure. <laughs> yeah. For, no, seriously, write that one down. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'm going to use that one. Rolls off the tongue like a barnacle, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those, another, that's one of those idioms. A, no, I Midwest? made that one up, too. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, hella barnacle. Yeah. Midwest. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very yeah. barnacle place. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> those little cement barnacles. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of salt water there. <laughs> they got them oceans and... <laughs> Oh my in the God. middle. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. All right. Let's begin. So the five of you are standing in Amadeus's study. And you are looking at this painting slash portal that he has disappeared into. And you can see the movement of the trees and birds flying by and clouds moving slowly in this painting and the life and movement and verdant force of the thing is in stark contrast to the kind of somber and still moment in his moonlit study as the five of you stand there watching him disappear. What do you do? All right. How's everybody feeling? Um, I, I don't know. That whole thing just made me kind of miss my wife. 
want to get home. Yeah, are we good here? Because uh, I got something to see to. You just put my payment in the locker or whatever. Well, I do believe that there's a very important question to ask is, do we just leave this portal painting on the wall for, like, anyone to walk into? I don't think that he would like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe it is our job to do so. I mean, this is a magical portal painting. Like, we we all watched it, right? We all saw it. Am I? Yeah, I saw, saw it. Right? I, I know that yeah. It's a magical portal play, painting that can increase and decrease in size. Do we... I mean, I feel like it might be a service of us to... Uh, Take it with us and put it up on our walls. And Yon Yon, you do still have your hand on the edge of the painting. Because you helped Amadeus kind of expand it. It might out. be a beautiful piece for the lobby, I guess. Well, you can't really get into it without the magical chime of opening either, so. Which Yon Yon has in his other hand with one charge left on it. Yeah, let's take it. Okay. I'm going to take one of the other ones in the hallway. So we're just going full art thief here? Because <laughs> if we're going to take shit, I'm going for that uh, I mean, you know, cr- I like uh, crown art. of bone. <laughs> I mean, the toady isn't here. And I, I believe that uh, that Argyle is still uh, very hungover from his experience in the car. The fact that you are not you know, even barking in on this dodge is quite, quite, I'm quite perplexed. We're talking about doing some savory. You're just sitting there quietly. Well, you think I just steal for no damn reason? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. you actually said that in your job interview. <laughs> <laughs> you literally said you steal stuff just because you're, you know, bored or... Yeah, well, anyway, uh, you know, you got to talk yourself up in, in an interview type situation. Well, it's not but, really uh, stealing yeah, if, you know, you I, know I, the owner's gone. You know, that's a fair point, too. And and, uh, and uh, truth be told, I just don't really care for art. It's uh, not really my thing. Can't eat it. Can't spend it. Doesn't really do anything. Just sits there. You can eat it. It just does not taste All right, very well, good. maybe you can eat it, big fella, but... uh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are welcome to make your way through the house and take things. If it seems like this fellow was into, you know, he was, he was living soft in his later years. I don't think there's much here for people with our type of lifestyle. What's this just out of what's the situation with uh with with Toby? <laughs> He's gone. You don't know. You just you on your way up to the house you saw him riding away very quickly on a horse. Sorry, not Toby. Uh Argyle. Argyle. He pre- uh, he was super hungover and he bolted out of the carriage and went to his room presumably to pass out. Uh I'm just going to kind of like take a Take a little, I assume there's like parchment or paper or whatever, and just write a small note for like Argyle. It's like, hello, this is Yan Yan. If you're uh, ever interested in a job or, you know, ever want to come see us and potentially do any sort of side work or anything for us, please do. Love always, Yan Yan. And like, I'll just kind of like put it somewhere obvious for, for like him to see. Okay. Yeah. Just like leave it on Amadeus's desk. Yeah. Sure. Great. And then I'm just going to kind of like start going to ransack some shit. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> I immediately start pulling at the rug because I know that he told us to take it. And I'm take, just like the, yanking it, throwing. Will, will someone? Uh, oh yes, uh, Alok, will you please lift lift the desk up so I can get this rug out from underneath it? Uh, it would be very useful for us. Uh yeah, sure, no problem. Um, how I do? I'm gonna lift it. Uh, just <laughs> about two inches off the ground would be just fine for me. Okay. Yeah. No, but please don't stand on the rug. You're standing. Uh, you're sta- you have to uh, move the desk off the. Rig. I can't lift you up. You're. Well, 
so you want me to take it in the hallway? Is yeah, yes, please take it, take it into the hallway. Take oh it home God. for all you want. Oh my! Uh, Do not take it in the hallway. Just pick it up off the fucking ground, uh, <laughs> like two inches, so he can slide the rug out from underneath it. All right, all right. Um, I can do this. Yeah. Um, here. Uh, so I lift the. I, yep. All I right. lift the desk. Pull the rug out and start rolling it yeah. up. Uh, there's a few, there's an awkward moment with Alok standing on the rug and trying to figure out I, where to stand to lift. The, <laughs> to lift I imagine the desk, I lift but... it and like try to jump quick enough for you to pull it out from underneath me. <laughs> Great. You just yeah. Pick it up to your chest. Yeah. You... Hop in the air. Go. Go. <laughs> Ready? Like, I'm gonna jump. I'm about to jump. I'm about to jump. Bunch Ready? of things just three, like jumbling around. One, two, three. Yeah, <laughs> just jump in the air. Drawers are falling out. Yeah. Pens everywhere. Uh, yeah. So you guys get the rug. Uh, you're gonna get the painting, which you can shrink down. You have the bag of holding. You can put all this yeah, stuff put in, in there. The, I was put in the bag of holding. Um, everyone, give me an insight check. Natural 20. That seems pretty good. Yeah. Dude, I got this. That seems like a good first roll. Uh, 17. All right. Uh, 21. Matthias. This is this is great. Uh, 21 is also good. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's one more I, than 20, I, I think actually. I, I like Matthias kind of coming to this realization that Amadeus was a wealthy dude who did seem to kind of have be one step ahead a little bit and it's likely that if you take anything that he anything other than what he said you could take um somebody might know probably for you matthias this kind of chalks up into the wealthy people being really possessive about in 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 particular about their basically he sent homie with an inventory list of the shit that he had Hmm. I bet I bet that he has a list somewhere of everything that he owns. This is a good point. Is anybody really good at forgery? Maybe possibly since we can imitate. We do we have anything with he I wrote? I don't think that we can like undo the list. I think it's it's he's already wrote it out and had it notarized <laughs> by a local uh, officer of the state. I do not recognize their authority, but I do believe that he would have a notarized. <laughs> <laughs> For being a druid, you are you know a lot about the judicial system. Oh yes, I grew up in a very large city. I mean, it, I. It's you useful amaze- information, no matter where you are. You continue to amaze me, my friend. <laughs> I guess that's a first for everything. All right, so you guys have the uh, the painting, you have the rug, and you're welcome. I mean, you 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 do have free run of the estate. Uh, <laughs> like if and, you guys want to steal, but like just <laughs> yeah, you don't really need to. There do might it. be consequences. Yeah. Fine, we won't steal shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. After kind of struggling uh, with your I inner, I just wanted the crown because it looked. I was, was just, I was just gonna look really cute in it. If mm-hmm. Yon would take the crown, then Yon would take the crown. It's up to you, man. No, it's fine. You can at least like wear it for a little bit just to see how it feels. Yeah, I have like a, I look have, like, in the a, mirror. Like a, yeah, like a princess moment, real quick. Yeah. I just kind of pop it out and put it on. Yes. Yeah, so, like pose yeah, so everyone's really everyone's made their it. way to the front door to head back to HQ in in, in the evening, and. It, and they're all standing at the front door, and you're back in the hallway where the crown is, just kind of standing there. Yeah, looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just take it out and put it on, and I imagine there's a mirror behind me, and I just look at myself in it and take it off and then put it down, and, and then just, like, run back to everybody else. Yeah. Great. So 
eventually you guys leave the front door of Amadeus's estate. Again, the the stillness of the evening sets in and you crunch your way along the gravel path toward the front gate. Real quick, I'd like to grab some flowers for my wife on the way home. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Good day. You just have to be a good husband, dude. That's great. Just practice, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you make your way through the city in kind of reflective silence in the moonlight with only the distant sound of crashing waves and the chirping of night insects. What are those? I don't know. Crickets? Yeah. Those typically, are typically, yeah. <laughs> typically. Those. Noise bugs. Uh, no, yeah, noise bugs in this yeah, world. Noise yeah, yeah there's, whatever there's, noise night bugs. There's noise bugs and there's bright bugs. Yeah, there's yeah. bright Yeah, bugs. there's really bugs for everything. Sound stink slugs. bugs. Yeah. There's like <laughs> bugs for all. Bite bugs. Yeah, so you guys make your way yeah. uh, back toward HQ. Uh, and this is the same walk that you made to start out this adventure. But now, in reverse in silence, and in the stillness of night. I'm actually going to peel off from the group. Let's just kind of go do rogue stuff. (laughs) Okay. Great. So you all get back to HQ, and Dodge is not there. I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Uh, I will see you all soon. All right, boss. Um, Good night. When do we need to be back here? Like, we still have work, right? Just come by in the morning. Uh, well, I can't tomorrow morning, but... Yeah, I'll come back. Okay. <laughs> I, walk up, <laughs> I walk up to the middle of the room, throw the rug on the floor. Me and this dog, we will go into the woods. I will be back sometime. It was tolerable being with all of you. Goodbye. I'll see ya. Say my friend. <laughs> so now it's just you, Biggle, and you, Yon Yon, standing with this rolled up rug in your kind of barren entryway to the. I just imagine being like a really ugly rug too. It just like looks like shit. Sure. Okay. Like, not like that. It's like a dirty rug, <laughs> yeah. but just like that just it just had a yeah, really the, ugly rug. No, there's like the design <laughs> of it is not very like pleasing. Like it's just like it's not like a shitty rug, but it's just like it doesn't fit the room very well. Um, this this rug does very well to tie the room together. Because there's nothing else in it. <laughs> <laughs> this rug ties the room together very well, dude. <laughs> no, it's a shitty rug. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the two of you standing here in the foyer of the business that you have, or the, the organization that you've attempted to start at the tail end of your first adventure. Well, that was uh, something. That's not what I expected, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, good times, Yan-Yan. I'm glad we did this. Real quick, what was your favorite moment? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I really did enjoy riding that carriage. (laughs) I really got to get one of those. Me too, my friend. Uh, anyway, Yan Yan, uh, I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, my friend. I'll see you in the morning. Okay, so in the days that follow, 
you do indeed learn that Amadeus had entrusted Toby with essentially a will. Uh, he donated all the belongings in his house to the city of Clifftide and as kind of a museum of sorts to kind of enrich the cultural life of the city. And Class, Toby... Move. Yeah, totally nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing we didn't he was, steal He was a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Toby had... He, he had had this will prepared in advance and had been waiting anxiously at his window. And the moment he saw his carriage crest the hill heading toward Clifftide, knowing that it was you all, he sent Toby lickety-split to the magistrates of the town. Days go by, and nobody really comes in to the Black Goblet. Nobody visits you. And it is kind of like it was before this adventure started, but not. It'll, it'll never be the same for any of you. You've clearly had experiences that have informed you and, and changed you. And so in, in, in the days that go by while you're just kind of waiting for something else to show up, I'm, I'm interested to know kind of what everyone is doing, how, how they're processing the, these experiences. So, Alok, the first question I have for you. Hit me. Home is really important for you, clearly. Yeah. Um, your, your wife and daughter. Uh, your daughter's name is Mia. Mia. Which is sh- short for Omia, which Omia. is the name of the world. Right. Because she's your little world. My little world. Yeah. And your wife's name is? L. Okay. And she it, she's a half-orc like you? She's a human. She's a human. Yeah. Great. Where do you guys live? Do you live in a house? Do you live... Um, we, where do you imagine you guys live? We live in a... We rent. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, mortgage. I'm not that funny. <laughs> Getting the down payment on a house in Clifftide is... Yeah. It's an up-and-coming neighborhood, you know. Um, no. Uh, we rent, and... Uh, it's kind of a rundown kind of um, bed and breakfast type of place that we stay at. Okay. Um, trying to save up for our own place, but um, we basically just rent it um, by the month, like month to month. Okay. And part of our arrangement for staying there is um, that I perform. Uh, it's part of the uh, the cost of living is that I entertain and so at the at the bed and breakfast at the bed and breakfast yeah i do like a late night set what's uh, what's what's the name of this place um the reed knob saloon jesus all right sorry (laughs) 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 no it's the it's the reed knob bed and breakfast Okay, we'll assume that's a family name. We'll yeah. assume that's a family name for family somebody name. in Clifftide. An old Bessie Renob. Wilford and Bessie Renob. God bless pancake. Okay, Wilford and Bessie Renob, who have lived in, uh, retired. It's a big place. I mean, um, they've retired in Clifftide. Um, 
and, and started a bed and breakfast, and they they're very endeared to you and your family. Yeah, but... in its heyday, this was the number one bed and breakfast place to stay in Clifftide. Okay, and as things have grown around it, um, it's just kind of, kind of it's getting a little outclassed. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I I imagine that this place is probably on the southern edge of town, kind of near, in the same kind of realm as the the headquarters of. Uh, the organization of the Black Goblet, where it's a little bit more run down, not quite as illustrious as being in the center of town. Right. Okay. So, what what things are you, Alok, doing in the meantime? You've kind of come into your own in, in terms of being able to use your physical capabilities. Right. I've, I've always kind of had that. Um, I just... Uh made a choice to I didn't want to live that life like right entirely um I mean I I've found it a way to, as a way to make a means to a living but, right. but I, your, I, your I don't necessarily is, enjoy it your yeah. passion is music right exactly and what do you what do you play like what um I kind of do I'd say it's jazzy um jazzy what jazzy flute no, jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. A jazz flute. <laughs> I'm way better than some sort of jazzy jazz flautist. Um, I'd say maybe jazz oboe. Mm, those rich tones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that deep, it it complements yeah. my okay. uh, my deep uh, deep my <laughs> velvety rich voice. All right, so you 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 play. It's it's in canon now. You play jazz oboe. Mm-hmm. At the three knob bed of <laughs> which at just night? to be clear and, 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 and oboe and oboe night, is so. a more nasally clarinet yeah. mm-hmm. a more nasally clarinet it's, it's got more deep wood it's no deeper. no that, that's a, that's an oboe or a bassoon a bassoon is the big you are correct yeah, yeah. Bassoon. statement redacted hey man it's jazz right yeah. No, yeah, there's no, no, there's no fucking there's rules no in general. This, this is D&D. This whole thing is imaginary. We made it all up. It's all smooth, man. <laughs> it's all smooth. Great. That's so, my style. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. The oboe is the smoothest instrument. Science. All right. <laughs> Come to me for science. <laughs> Texturally and sound-wise. All right, great. So a couple weeks go by. Your wife is uh, L. She has been pretty stressed out because she is she's taking correspondence courses. Uh, she's working toward a career. Right. She's well, trying to make something of herself. Yeah. She she wants to be the the breadwinner. She she's she doesn't want to be stuck at home. With she reminds family. me all the time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she she's very ambitious and and skilled, and she is taking correspondence courses on library science. Right. And she has been interning with the local librarian, Eris Bond, and has been working with him uh, on the side when when she can find time. And she's, she's really stressed out because she has some uh, final thing to turn in. With her correspondence course, and mind you, this is a this is a world where there's no public education, so literacy in and of itself is a pretty valuable thing, and and the fact that she's worked toward that, is, I'm very is, proud of her. Yeah, yeah. And she asks you one night as it, Mia's asleep, and 
you are getting ready to go to bed for another long day of waiting around and she says to you do you really think it's worth it spending all your time there are you happy there well you know I'd rather be with you maybe <laughs> well, I'm gonna have the elbow. <laughs> Cut in with just some sexy music. Uh, make this a little bit yes, less we awkward. Can. Uh, <laughs> oh, You're never gonna be able to do it. <laughs> you want us to leave the room? We can leave the room if you need a moment. Yeah, no, it's. If oh it's my god. <laughs> I don't. I was not ready for this level of RP. Our question, question: Are yeah. we, are we in bed as well? Are we? No, like she's in... she's sitting by at, at your tiny little kitchen table, candlelight. Okay, working on transfer. Little sax plays in the background. All right, and I imagine I'm. Uh, I imagine the flowers that I got are sitting on a vase yep. on the table in front yep. of her, and I'm gonna be mi- finishing up. Uh, a late snack for us. I'm going to tell her about those maize corn fritters that we had. Okay. I'm going to try and recreate that dish. Okay. Great. So you you make those for her and and she says she says thank you. I I didn't I didn't realize how how hungry I was. I've been studying like crazy. They're so good, right? Yeah, it's giving me the energy I need. I that reminds me. If you're really going back, I made something for you. What, darling? <laughs> is that Dog. which? Is that your pet name for her, darling? No, let's stick to baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she goes. Your baby in the same one. She goes into the bedroom and, and pulls something out from under the bed. It's a bundled package that's tied up with some twine, and she hands it to you. And she says, "I, I wish I could give you more to." I know you're working hard for us, and I know you're supporting me more than invested in this endeavor. And I, I just really appreciate all the hard work you're doing. It'll pay off for us in the end. That's what I keep telling myself, baby. I, I get up every day, and I just, I think of you and Mia, and I want you both to be so happy. I'm willing to do anything to help you guys. And she reaches up and puts her hand on, kind of like on your neck and shoulder, and kind of puts her thumb in the scar of where you got shot in the balcony of the tower. I'll, I'll flinch a little bit. Yeah. And, and she says, I know you are. I just, I want you, I want you to come back to us every day. Well, I did this time, so I'll keep trying to do that. Well, op- open the package. I need, I, I need to study. <laughs> Doing some foley work there. <laughs> I'm good, right? You open this package, and it's a a knit, soft sweatshirt with a hood, and it's got short sleeves so it's like a hoodie but with like the sleeves cut off and she's like 
It's for your morning jogs. I love it. I, I love this. Oh my god. Uh, I'm gonna go to bed in this. The weather's going to turn soon. And you should stay warm. In the mornings. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be perfect for in the summer. When it gets hot, I can still wear it because it's sleeveless. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be great. Exactly. What kind of designs? Is it is it just a solid color or is there anything it's, on it? Yeah, it's like heather gray. It's nice. I'm gonna write my name on the tag so nobody knows or nobody thinks it's theirs. They'll know it's mine. <laughs> great. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's your your little moment at home with your wife. And it just kinda helps you put things in perspective. Biggle. You and Yon Yon both live at the headquarters. You have rooms there. Early one morning, mm-hmm. you hear a knock on the door, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you're 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 awake, but you're not quite ready to fully engage anyone. So you go to the door. Yeah, I'm sipping on my morning coffee and yeah, flipping through the newspaper. You go to the door, and you see a dwarf standing there. Uh, and you do we we have like a like a pane of glass through the door. Like, I, can I see through the door? You you actually have a huge paned front window. Oh, okay. So I don't open the door for strangers, so I'm standing behind the door. Ah, hello? Ah, who's there? And you hear through the door, um, it's, um, it's Reich from across the street, from the, from the wagon right. Can I can I help you with I, something or Yeah, I you guys you got you got a letter delivered. Um they they actually accidentally delivered it to us. I, I think it's for you. Oh, well, um Reich, you said? Yeah, uh, Reich. Well, uh you wanna come in and join me for a cup of coffee or No man, I'm I'm just Doing my neighborly duty here. <laughs> just doing my neighborly duty. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to leave it on the... All right. All right. He's yeah, a tea I mean, guy, uh, obviously. Sure. Okay. Well, nice to chat. Um, I guess I'll see you around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll wait a little bit until I can, hear him walk away. And yeah, I'll... you can hear his kind of heavy footsteps moving off the, like, the front boards of the porch and down and you can you can peer out the curtains of the front window and you can see this shaved head tattooed head dwarf that you've seen before cross the street back over to the wagon ride shop cool i reach out and grab the letter yeah super so can, fast and shut the door. yeah yeah great and yeah there's a there's a letter addressed to you Ooh. uh i'm gonna take it up to my shop okay I'm gonna pull out like an obnoxiously long letter opener <laughs> and open like it. Like a human sized one. Like yeah. the size of your body. It's pretty badass. <laughs> it's, it's like a, a dragon. It's like a scimitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, out there. Yeah. <laughs> scimitar. Uh great. So yeah, you you open it up and there's there are a couple pieces of paper in there. There's not only a, a handwritten letter, but there's some schematic drawings as well. I have an idea what this is. So I'm as soon as I pull those and see them, I'm like, oh baby, yeah. So the letter this is. says, "I know we haven't always seen eye to eye, but I heard about your expulsion from the academy, and maybe this will keep your mind off it." 
I'm hoping to compete in this year's Construct Carnage. See what you make of it. And it's signed by your uncle. Oh, you'll see what I make of it. You'll see. And there are schematics for a little construct. And you are familiar with the construct carnage. It's basically robo-battle. Yep. That goes down every year in Goldbridge. Uh, battle bots, bro. Yeah, d battle, battle bots. bots. Oh, baby. Yeah. Uh, and your uncle, who's also a tinkerer like you, mm-hmm. uh, you guys haven't always seen eye to eye, but... We always make some badass robots. Yes. And he is presumably sending you these schematics as kind of a kind of a peace offering, like a hey, let's put you know, water. He annihilated my robot last time. Yeah. And it was extremely embarrassing for me. (laughs) Great. I love it. So I accept this peace offering. How how big are these robots? Mm, They're like my size. Great. <laughs> Sorry, I just needed to just get that imagery in there. Yeah, but I mean, they're, I'm they're, small, they're very, so yeah, like gnome size. Yeah, but not everybody who is involved is a gnome, right? For sure. But just, just, just for my vision and the way I'm seeing it, it's just you <laughs> putting together this dude that's like the same size of you, and then going and fighting dudes with a dude that's the same size. It's like it's yeah. Just, see, these are very basic yeah. constructs. They're so. very basic. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So, you look at these schematics and you. You're you're a little baffled as to what to do. And like they're really complicated or they're like new stuff that I've never thought of before. It's a little bit of both. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And over time you over a couple of days of meditating on it and and looking at it and messing around and trying to replicate some of this stuff, mm-hmm. you find yourself drawn to the library in town Sweet. to look for some in, in any kind of literature yeah. i mean the the academic in you mm-hmm. is prescient enough to know when to it's like oh i have like 50 different wikipedia pages open that's how i operate yeah every link that i can click i open yeah yeah so yeah you're at the library and <laughs> jesus Eventually, you come across a book by an old professor. Oh, this seems interesting. And this professor, his name was Bombinal Hornby. Good old Bombinal. (laughs) Good old Bombi. Tell me a little bit about Bombinal. I didn't know much about him. Um... Other than he kind of came and showed up in my town, recruited me to come to this university. And I always kind of thought I was just going to join the family business um, at a cobbler. And it didn't really jive with what I wanted to do. I knew that my uncle was this tinker. So that was always more my speed. But this guy showed up. I did really well in school. And so they kind of showed up and were like, maybe think about doing this. This guy was really eccentric and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was. Found out he was kind of adjunct, which like didn't quite operate under the same rules of the university. 
and eventually got kicked out. And that's why I quit. Uh, dropped out after the first year. Yan Yan and I met. We decided to go start a business because we didn't really have anything else to do. And uh, I took up alchemy, which was more interesting to me than being a cobbler. But it's sort of the same. Definitely. Sort of the same type of deal for me. But uh, hearing about Bombadil, like, now I'm starting to think about some of this stuff again. And uh, I'm going to check this book out in the library. Yeah, so you see the name and it, and it brings all these memories back yeah. to you. And you look at the title and it says, The Orum and the Artificer. Colon. Basic spells every tinkerer should know to bring their creations to life. And I never knew that he had written a book. Um, so this is awesome to me. Because I haven't studied any of this stuff in ages. Yeah, so, so I'm like running back. I got all my all my uh, BattleBot stuff and my construct books and some books about other mechanical objects mm-hmm. and some books on physics and some books on other, you know, alchemical things. And then I've got this one book that's tucked in my arm and I'm just running back. As soon as I get into my workshop, dump the other ones aside and I start flipping through this thing. Great. Yeah. And thus begins your foray into uh, learning to cast spells. Yeah. So for Biggle, this is a big changing moment because he um, he always studied magic and studied how, with Bombadil in his classes, how you could impart magic with mechanical devices. And that was a type of magic that was sort of Mm, the other wizards saw as silly but for him it like piqued an interest yeah and uh so as he's uncovering this and as he's sort of seen yanyan sort of exploring his magical skills um something that really is inspiring to him and so he's going to uh sort of reawaken some of that stuff and take on a wizard subclass called the clockwork wizard and uh rad he gets to do some cool stuff with mechanics and magic and time and it should be really fun yes awesome Hey everyone, Blake here. Just wanted to jump in again real quick. First of all, to say thank you. Thank you again for your patience as we try and uh, get season two going. As of right now, we have a handful of episodes already recorded for season two. And I wish I could tell you how many episodes it's going to be or how long it's going to take, but I just never know. (laughs) I never know what these dingbats are going to do. But uh, yeah, we should have season two, episode one coming out very shortly. As far as this episode goes, uh, let's take a quick peek behind the DM screen. Um, Basically, in Dungeons & Dragons, every time your character goes out on a quest or an adventure, they gain experience from all the things they encounter and all the things they do, and that leads them to, quote-unquote, level up. And from that, they get new abilities, they become stronger and better at certain things, 
And uh, we just wanted to turn that into a narrative moment and make that really character-centric. So that's basically what we're doing in this episode. And at the end, I'll just try and do a, a quick summation of everyone's abilities, but we'd rather it kind of played out uh, narratively. So that's what we're listening to here, and we're calling it the Respite episode. It's their little, it's the character's respite from their adventure in season one. So we got a little insight into Alok and Biggle, but let's check in on the other three and head back down to the basement and roll some more dice. Matthias, after you part ways, you've dumped the rug into the front of HQ and you leave everyone, mm-hmm. how do you spend the next few days? Well, I imagine I walk outside and look down and there's a dog staring at me, mm-hmm. panting. <sighs> All right, dog, if you would like to go with me, I'm going to go into the woods. Would you like to follow? I need to uh, clear my head. <laughs> Great. Yes, the dog The dog follows you. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Um, and as we're walking out of town, I'm narrating to the dog um, all of my frustrations with just the opulent consumerism that is cliff-tied as we're walking from the south end of town <laughs> into the center um, walking by the, you know, the fucking knick-knack booths and yeah. the shirts that are embroidered with pithy sayings uh, that are like both poorly, puns. Poorly embroidered. Yeah, they're embroidered, puns yeah. of Cliff Tide and they're, you know, what happens like, in Cliff Tide. Stay hanging. Stays or... <laughs> in Cliff Tide. Um, stay hanging at Cliff Tide. Yeah, and there's, you know, drunk people stumbling out of the breweries. And as I'm going along, I'm just like, you see the opulence of this place. It's These people have nothing better to do. This, this is a high point of their years. They show up in this place, they drink, they vomit, they buy a silly t-shirt, and then they leave. Their life is no different. Then they go back to their terrible existence. I'm so sure that you understand. And I look at the dog, and I realize that the dog does not understand. So I can't speak with animals on the dog. Duh. Awesome. And I kind of go, do do you understand now what I'm saying? And the dog says, I've been understanding you this whole time. <laughs> oh, well, I guess this is more for me than it is for you. Um, but clearly you have something you need to get off your chest, and I am happy to <laughs> engage in this conversation with well, you further this if is, you would like. This is fantastic. I did not realize oh, it. No, I know the dogs served a very uh, ther- therapeutic process, but... Uh, this is a wonderful realization. Uh, please, follow me. We we shall make haste to the woods because uh, I believe that we will have a wonderful evening of discovery. I, too, am looking forward to what the future holds for us both. I don't know. Am I doing Spock now? Or what? That's, that's <laughs> just, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep sending it. Uh, and then I imagine we, you know, get into the woods and we go, you know, about five miles in. At this point, it's, you know, midnight. We're deep into the woods. Yeah. 
um, and I pick a nice little copse to set up camp, gather some wood together, use druidcraft to start the fire. Nice. Just showcase. And I your sit down all day, and I look up at the full moon. I look down. I look over at the dog, and I go. I believe that you were named uh, Fufu or Fifi. I, I don't know. It's interchangeable. It's a time. My real name is Rexonimus Maximus. That is a... I do like that name. May I offer a, a suggestion? I'm open to any suggestions you might have. How is Rexonimus Maximus the Unchained? I find this title to be agreeable, given my current situation. Rex, just Rex for short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rex the Unchained. Yeah. yeah. No, the Unchained is very important. I have no intention to keep you with me for any extended period of time. You are a, a free animal, a free beast. I appreciate your observation. I feel this way myself, although I also feel a kindred to you. This is rather difficult for me to really process at the moment. Um understandable it seems you've been through a lot yes i will uh i will take my rest um and i believe that you probably will too by the warmth of the fire and we will uh yes i will walk around in four circles before laying <laughs> down you will see me do this and i watch rexonimus walk around in four circles exactly and lay down and i will go into reverie um, and though I will not dream because elves don't really dream, um, sitting with an animal and the full moon and the fire and the nature, I sound like Donald Trump right now. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's, it's great. It's nature, so very wonderful. nature, very big. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful it's ever been. Boy. Um, now that I'm we doing have it, the, it's best the best nature. This is the best <laughs> nature. Uh, Nobody does nature like us. I am struck with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is somewhere up there. I, I'm struck with a realization that when I was with this group of druids who were out in the woods and being super crunchy and like talking about nature and the feeling of it and the magic of it, and I just never got it. It just never made any fucking sense to me because it was just platitudes about the world and they were doing all this crazy shit, but it never it never got me, which is why I left or got kicked out, depending on which account you really want to look at. Um, obviously, I left. There were some disagreements. Um, but in this moment, I realized that this feeling, this aura, aurum, if you will, of the combination has finally clicked with me. And when I come out of my reverie and Rexonimus kind of pops up, I look down and I go, well, friend, I believe that we will uh, have a different kind of fun today. Would you like to teach me what it is to be a dog? And at that point, I, my body contorts down into a dog about the same shape and size so you turn as Rexonimus. You turn yourself into a dog. Yes. I turn myself into a dog. And then, like a dog, we just do the, like, kind of 
you know, like rest. Yeah, but like, <laughs> exactly. But like, you know? there's some butt smelling, and then there's some like pawing at faces, and then there's wrestling and neck biting. And as this is going, I'm kind of coming to into the body of a dog and feeling what it's like to, you know, move and run. And then we then decide to go out and hunt together. So we're running through the forest and we're chasing squirrels and awesome. um, chasing down foxes and rabbits. Um, and we catch a few and we eat them as dogs. And then I, at, at this point, I'm exhausted. And I kind of turn back into a human and stand there. And I say, I believe that we should take a rest and uh, eat, eat the rest of this food. But uh, I would like to try something else when you're ready. Are you still casting Speak with Animals here? Well, he said that he could understand everything that I was saying. So, oh, yeah, you that's know. true. Yeah, I did say that. Um, and I sit and I rest and I think and I, I think back to a time when I was in Goldbridge, when I was a misplaced, ill-fitted half-elf in the city, and I found solace going to the zoo which Goldbridge is known for having an extremely well-stocked zoo of animals from all over mm-hmm. uh, Omiya. And one of them, the one that really caught my eye that I spent the most time looking at was the most ferocious predator that they had. Right, you're totally into predators. Yeah, yeah we get I it. You, you just, yeah, you're super into predators. Yeah, super into it. it yeah, was a tiger. It. Okay. it was this large tiger that had this sanguine personality because it was trapped and locked in this prison but I studied its every movement I studied how it looked at every person that walked by and how it wanted to just rip its throat out (laughs) Jesus dude and so then I think about that and I think about all of the mannerisms and I contort my body into a tiger awesome and then I just (laughs) kind of give a like snort at Rexonimus Steps back a little bit. Uncertain. Are you gonna kill this dog? I just kind of like nudged to run. Looks at you uncertainly and turns his head and then just starts running. And I just run after it. Just, you know, getting and understanding the feeling of this powerful creature and it's the, the the vibrancy of the smells of everything I'm hearing every bird, I can smell every animal for half a mile, and just the panic of this other animal that I'm chasing, and then when I reach it, I pounce on it, but then let it go, and then turn back into myself. Yeah, you, Standing hear, you over. hear him kind of yeah, yip a little bit, and, and it's more uh, a yip of anxiety and fear yeah. and like kind of uh, trepidation. Yeah, and it's it, at that moment that I turn back into Matias. And I bend down, and I'm like, that was, a, that was very invigorating for me. Thank you for uh, helping me understand these new freedoms that I have with my body. Kinky. This is my body. Rexonimus looks at you with big, big dog eyes, nuzzles you in the leg. And then takes a few steps back and <sighs> kind of grins at you, tongue out, and then turns and runs off into the woods. 
Thank you, my friend. May you have a long life. Then I turn back and walk toward the camp, put it out, roll up my things, and just go a little bit deeper into the woods. Nice. Awesome. Yon Yon. Yes? In the days that pass, you find yourself rather alone in the headquarters of the Black Goblet. Largely because your closest friend, Biggle, has found something that he he has fixated on. You're not. Yeah, this is pretty like typical for the two of us in most of our lives. Like we're definitely both the type of people to like exist in the same area, but both be working on something great and kind of seeing that excitement and energy amongst the two of us really is what driven us to become friends and close compatriots and even you know in the end business partners. Awesome, I love it. That's great. So I imagine that you are similarly spending a lot of time. Oh, yeah, studying for days. Yeah. Yeah, I would immediately pretty much after that meeting head just like straight to my room and or straight to my room slash study. (laughs) Um, It's kind of a weird area. It's in the basement. So it's big old is up, up, you know, upstairs. I'm downstairs. Okay. Uh, I like to be closer to earth being, you know, I just love the smell of it. And it just it just kind of awakens something inside of him. Yeah. Even his even when you open his door, half of half of his, you know, office slash room or is like half of it is just uh, dirt and the other half is like stone pebble, like where the bed is and everything is stone pebble, but the, like the study and like there's some plants growing on the ground and a little bit of guard, like a little bit of gardening and uh, just like pretty much just raw earth, like okay. as a half of it, I would say. Great, so you've, you've found a basement, you've, you've made a room in the basement that is- mm-hmm. Slash study, yeah, living, living area. That is less building than it is mm-hmm. earth. Mm-hmm. All right. Half and half. Like yeah, earth okay. earth slash like plants kind of growing. The other half is kind of like study. There's some like books on the there's some like books on shelves, like a bunch of books all over the floor. There's like a desk and behind that desk is like a little bed that okay. I was like sleeping. Okay. Cool. Great. Yeah, and the first thing I do is I come in and uh there was actually a wardrobe as well. I would take off my kimono and just pretty much be naked in my uh in my bunny slippers and I would put all my items <laughs> items so that I found for off the adventure, like the bag of holding and uh uh, the uh, the white pearl and mm-hmm. the whistle just kind of put them on the desk and go and like kind of like lay down in my bed and just kind of think about uh, you know Holly Gennaro and seeing her take from the Orem and like heal Alok and Matias and he was just very focused on that and now that he's out of this whole adventure that he had gone upon with his friends he's really just that's the thing that he is fascinated with and he is just taken by how she was able to do that and like use this spell to or use the orm to you know heal people and bring them back to life and he Mm -hmm. he wants to like figure out how to do this and so over the course of time like that's what he's studying and that's what he's what he's doing okay so yeah your yon yon is very intent on exploring where the edge between life and existence Mm -hmm. materially as we understand it kind of meets the the magical edge of what this world knows as the Orem. Yeah, how does he break that barrier between the two? Yeah. And unlike Holly, who uses that to heal, to heal, Yon-Yon has decided that he wants to figure out how to pull this force of life and put it into something else. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. So you're spending a good amount of time 
engaged in in this kind of new awakening that you've had about mm-hmm. yourself and what you what you've always kind of suppressed and you're you're really fascinated with the concept of death and where there's life in death mm-hmm. and you you spend a few days kind of in this meditative studious obsessive mind state yeah and i'm kind of like even kind of using the plants in like a weird way like i'll I'll walk over to one and i'll like cast poison spray and it'll die and then i'm kind of like trying to like do something do something different and like trying to make it work and it's just kind of like not working and i'm getting like slightly frustrated with it but i just keep kind of like you know putting putting forth this effort Mm -hmm. to it great so yeah uh at at one point when you are you've you've done that to a plant and it is it is withered and died and you've hoped to kind of like draw something out of that and you're like flipping through your spell book and taking notes vigorously you catch out of the corner of your eye something moves in your room and you look over and there is a black cat that has kind of sauntered its way up kind of up on t- onto the and, and it leaps gracefully like a cat because it is a cat <laughs> as cats do yeah uh, up onto your table your your cluttered and I'm just kind of fiddling through this book and say to say to the cat hello Binks it's wonderful to see you again I don't like look at him I'm just still fanning through this book. right and this cat is black and it has it's it's all black but it has gray on its face like under its nose and along its like its cheeks almost giving the illusion of a handlebar mustache on this cat awesome and it says to you oh hey there yon yon good to see you're back at it oh i'm always focused on my studies my dear friend how are you oh you know one day at a time as it goes i see you uh so you've leaned into the whole necromancy thing. You know, I've decided to follow my true path. This is your spellbook here, and it kind of like it kind of paws at your spellbook like a cat would paw at a toy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is your spellbook here, huh? Let me see. So, I think I've been studying for a while. Can can I can I show you something? Well, I'm. Never been one to be disinclined to the interests of a friend. I was thinking about it when Holly healed Matthias and Alok. It was just kind of a drastic moment. In life and death, they are two things that are opposite, but one minute you can live and one minute you can die. That is a drastic situation. And sometimes maybe you need to do drastic things to awaken the magic inside of you. And he kind of smirks, and uh, there's this dagger kind of sitting on his table. And again, he's not really wearing any clothes. And he grabs the dagger and walks over, and there's this nice, like, a beautiful, like, ornate rose, like, growing out of this, like, vase on his desk. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks at his wrist. Here goes. And he kind of just slowly makes a slight, like, slit into his wrist. <laughs> and breathes really deep, deeply and casts poison spray. And it, the flower like starts to wilt, and you see like a small 
plume of like life force kind of come out of it and he waves his hands and pulls the life force from the rose back into his arm and it slowly just starts to like heal his hand or his wrist i figured out how to do it this cat that you have somehow developed a relationship with we don't really know who or what it is he says to you like that's mighty impressive there you know been looking forward to the moment when you are able to draw the life force from a dead thing and bring it into your own self. Downright impressive. Thank you, man. Yeah, you got any good sarsaparilla? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, well, you keep at it there, uh, Padre, and I'll, uh, I think I'll just mosey on down the trail and maybe I'll come back around in a little bit. I think you got to, I think you got some good learning ahead of you. Okay, my dear friend. And then uh, I assume the cat kind of just slowly disappears. It walks into a, like a dark, Enough, cor- yeah. a dark corner of your room and just disappears. It very well could just be sleeping behind some pile of clutter for all you know. Awesome. Uh... Then he would kind of, he just would sit down at the table and just look at his arm and just feel this sense of like, kind of like, you know, adrenaline and excitement. And he would start kind of studying what his items that he has here. Awesome. Um, why don't you go ahead and give me an arcana check on the flute? Uh, it's going to be 15. Okay. That combined with your new found capabilities... Mm-hmm. and commitment to your kind of school of study, as it were, you realize that this flute is going to allow you once a day, if you play it correctly, to speak with the dead. Sick. <laughs> awesome. Uh, can I do one on the pearl as well? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's going to be an 11. You're not entirely sure what this thing is, but you're pretty sure that it's going to help you in your spell casting. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I can kind of kind of probably guess what it is. Yeah. Um, and the the last thing he would do is just feeling not really feeling like he's able to sleep. He'd walk over to his wardrobe and just open it up and there just is kind of like a big black wizard cloak and he just puts a big grin on his face and throws it over his shoulders and ties it and on the side is an emblem uh, like a white patch and in the center is like picture of like a small black goblet and he'd reach down and pull out one of the drawers and pull out this big white sun hat and put it over his head <laughs> and just walk over to his desk and start fidgeting through all these papers and then just pull out these big red circular glasses and I think I'm ready for the day and the new me and then just run run out the door. Nice wardrobe change for Yon Yon. Yeah. No more kimono. It, it joins the pile of clutter on the floor and you now have a business uniform. Mm-hmm and some fashionista glasses and a white sun hat. Great. That won't make, <laughs> that won't make you a target in battle at all. It's about, it's about, it's about looking good. <laughs> that's, half the, that's half the battle. That's awesome. Who or what Binks is, well, that's... We'll have to leave that to the future to determine, I suppose. I like him, I like him being a cowboy. Sometimes you eat the bar. Sometimes, Sometimes, well, (laughs) bar eats you. 
<laughs> Great Sam Elliott, by the way. That was real good. Thank that you. That was very good. Yeah. You got any good sarsaparilla? It was between that and oh, it was between that and the dude. And I, I thought it would be more fun to have a cat with a handlebar mustache. Yeah, sh- shout out to Portland or Sam Elliott. If you listen to this podcast, we love you. <laughs> please, please stay in Portland. We love you so much. You're my dad. I mean, you're not, but I like wish you were yeah, my dad. You're not my dad, but I wish you were. Right, you're uh, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> All right, so last. I thought this was an appropriate time to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, we come to Dodge. Dodge, you dipped out the show after leaving Amadeus's estate. Uh, very roguelike, without anyone noticing. Yeah, which is just rude. And you, you, you learned in 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 the days that come. You learned a lot of the same things that everyone else learned uh, about what Amadeus did with his estate. Mm-hmm. But I, what I'm curious to know is what what did you do when you dipped out? Yeah, I was feeling very, like, it's a close call for me. Yeah, and I was, was feeling like I kind of got lazy after being in Cliftide for a while. Like, it was easy pickings here. So, you know, I had fun doing all that weird tower stuff. Like, definitely the kind of action i was looking for but i feel like i need to like get back to my fundamentals so i'm just doing like the rogue equivalent of like jordan putting a quarter like jumping up and putting a quarter on top of the backboard and then like jumping up and taking it back down again and then jumping up and putting it back up there you know i'm just going into like i'm just hanging out in the rich part of town been cruising there for a couple days like Sleeping on okay. roofs, breaking into people's houses, <laughs> like not <laughs> after the conversation about stealing, and you're like, "Nah, yeah. I don't do that." Yeah, <laughs> basically, like you know, while they're like at home watching Modern Family or whatever, like I just bust in there, grab a you know a little bit of wine, some cheese, uh, maybe like find a couple items and like put them somewhere else, and then leave. So you're not stealing and fucking with people. <laughs> yeah, basically, like just like you know going to like buildings that are like heavily guarded and just like dancing around in like the guarded areas and trying not to get caught and like doing playing little stupid pranks on the guards and just like generally being a nuisance okay why don't you (laughs) i'm why don't you just make one roll okay For how well all this goes overall. Pretty well. That's a 17. That's a 17. Okay. That's upper middle class. This is good. I. Yeah, no, no, you never get caught. And you never get seen. You rolled a 17 plus your stealth modifier and all that stuff. Which is quite high. You're in the, you're in the mid 20s at this point. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not the mid 20s. I'm just level one so you're up there low 20s yeah, you're doing yeah, good you're doing 20s. well well level two now but yeah it still doesn't matter yeah yeah great so yeah you you kind of get a sense of yourself again and through all this there is not necessarily a voice in the back of your head but there is like an itch in your hand mm-hmm 
and an itch in your brain. Yeah. To familiarize yourself with this glorious, extravagant, and seemingly powerful weapon that your employers just were like, yeah, yeah, just take this. Yeah, and uh, I, I would I would suppose that like I spend a little bit of time like waiting for it to talk to me again, mm-hmm. and and at a certain point like of of that not happening, I would just kind of like you know late at night, you know it's like three o'clock in the morning, like on some geezer's roof, like eating a little bit of his cheese, again <laughs> with the cheese, <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple pieces of bread with honey. Okay. He's living good. For it's, the blue cheese, yeah. Town, yeah. Great compliment. This is some Aladdin shit here. Like, straight up Aladdin. Okay. Just like a bottle of wine that I stole, and I'm like, so, let's get this over with. What am I supposed to call you? Dagger? Mr. Dagger? Captain Dagger. So, you you pull out the dagger. <laughs> Captain Dagger. And as soon as you do, you don't get any response from it. Speak to me. And the only thing that happens is that you see a drop of rain appears on the blade as you're looking at this dagger. And then another one on your on the back of your hand. And then another one on your head. Okay. And I'm a little buzzed and feeling pretty basically untouchable at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to sleep indoors. Okay. And I'm just going to find like a stable or an abandoned house or like, you know. Yeah. So you have this dagger out and it's starting to rain and you're feeling buzzed and you're, you're wanting just like it. Whatever. Put it back and start moving on. You don't really know what happens or what happened say that again mister but one minute you were on a roof and it started raining and the next minute you don't know where you are you're standing outside and it's fully raining at this point and the dagger is in your hand I want you to give me a perception check to see if you even know where you are this hot dice it's an 18 plus some stuff. So you are plus standing. Some <laughs> that's, some, that's still some stuff. Too. Yeah, it's 19. One fry is still a fry. 19 <laughs> is pretty good. So here's the situation. It is pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the cracking of thunder every now and then in the flash of lightning. It's a late summer storm. And this storm is mixing with the crashing of the waves in the distance and it's just creating this raucous sound in the air and you have you have blacked out essentially and you now come to awareness and you look around to see where you are at and you see to your right is basically a field of wrecked wagons wagons turned over wagons on end, some of them covered, some of them broken into pieces, there's wheels and axles all laying around. You're basically in like a you pull it. 
at the edge of a U-pole. Yeah. And you're standing in this little bit of clearing between that and the woods. Okay. And you are behind, you realize, very quickly, you are behind the wagon ride shop that's across the street from, the from HQ. Yeah. Not only that, but with a 19 perception roll, you are being followed. And there is a small cloaked figure that you see very briefly when one of these flashes of lightning hit, standing kind of amongst the wagons. How small are we talking? It's tough to tell, but it, it looks like halfling sized. But it's Man. completely cloaked. And here's the other thing, though, that's kind of weird. Okay. More weird. In this flash of light from the lightning, the rain's coming down, and this figure is standing in the shadows by these broken wagon pieces at the edge of this field of wreckage. Yeah. It looks like a maybe a halfling-sized person in a rain cloak, a dark cloak, but they look like they have one really, really big hand. tell me it's off-putting certainly yeah. <laughs> like but i'm not I'm, I'm not familiar with some no usually large-handed fellow no one no this is not right? just one hand is big one hand is really big and like that, how that big? does not ring a bell for you okay. at all. um i'd like to know so i'm coming to and all this I, i'd like to see like regard my own person like as i'm coming to and just like make sure i have Everything still, like, what am I holding as I come to? Yeah. All your shit's there. You're, you're doing a, like, a quick pat down of yeah. yourself. I was empty-handed when I came to. You had the dagger in your I hand? I had it in my hand. Right. Okay. Not bloody, though. No. Right. Good question. No, there is no blood on you. You are soaking wet from the rain, though. And you're standing in this kind of... Do I feel like this... Wicky mud. ...creature knows that I've seen... seen Oh, yeah. You kind of almost lock eyes. You can't see its eyes, but it's as though you lock eyes. And it... He darts off. Into the, into the field of wagon parts. I'm going to try to put the dagger away again. Okay. You do that. Then it just goes... Yeah, the dagger goes away, and you're standing in the rain. In the... Yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of grunt to yourself as the rain... Dumps on you. Thunder cracks. And I'm just going to call out, all right, little fella, I ain't going to do nothing to you. It's all right. We can talk. You get no response. <sighs> all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head to the bar. I need to see some, like, other people that are not potentially out to get me. Like, okay. I need to just, like, be in a public place for a couple minutes. Okay. Because I haven't really had any, like, person contact They've always been in, like, the other room of their house while I'm also in their house. <laughs> <laughs> you never been I'm in their house. before? You're like, yeah. this is weird. So, yeah. Suddenly, just kind of, like, these weird vibes kind of, like, made me kind of realize, like, just how weird of a place I had been for the last couple of days and, like, need to just, like, kind of do some more normal human stuff. Okay. 
So yeah, you had you know there's a uh, the organization of the Black Goblet shares a building with a bar. I don't want to go there. Okay. I don't want to lead this person back to the base. Okay. If they don't know who I am already. Okay. So I want to go like I'm just gonna like you know just kind of look around like I was totally meant to be here and <laughs> just like. Just make a make a make a quick kind of i'm gonna go probably into like the like not like the wrong side of the tracks on the rich part of town you know what i'm saying okay like the like where rich people go if they want to quote unquote go slumming yeah exactly like the you know the sort of good area that's just adjacent to the bad area and Mm -hmm. so like the bad is like Kind of talking about the air on the like, like gentrified. <laughs> yeah, no, not no. This city's not old enough to be have been gentrified. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're gonna get into some like real. So, let's get back into city. Yeah. Planet. Anyway, no. I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been here that long. But uh, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, you do that. You make your way to a bar. Yeah, just have a couple beers. Try to like. Just have some real boring casual conversation. Mm-hmm. Try to just fit in. Pay attention to see if I see anybody with a weirdly large hand. <laughs> uh, on on your way out of the wagon rights area, though, on your way to whatever bar you're going, I want you to give me one more perception check. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah, in a flash of light uh, from lightning again as you're making your way you see a, a bit of white in the dark mud and you you realize it's a piece of paper a piece of parchment that is fresh it it's just now gathering raindrops on it I'll pick it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You pick it up, and this is something that you hold in your hand or is in the back of your mind the whole time you're at the bar from here on out while you're trying to kind of pretend to be normal. Yeah. In the back of your mind is the fact that moments ago, somebody was following you, and shortly after that realization, you found a piece of paper that has the names Yon Yon. Biggle, Alok, Matthias, and Dodge on it. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, just to recap, Alok has a hoodie. Biggle can cast spells now. Yon Yon is a necromancer with a wardrobe change and a weird cat that only he talks to. Matthias can turn into animals, which is buck wild crazy. And Dodge refined his thieving skills, but in doing so, found out that someone has been following him and keeping tabs on the organization of the Black Goblet. Good news, Season 2, Episode 1 is just around the corner. 
In the meantime, let's get social. Reach out to us on social media at Dice Boys Podcast. And that's boys with a Z. We're on Instagram, Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can check out our website, diceboys.com. If you like what we're doing, you can go ahead and write us a review. Or better yet, tell your friends. Tell somebody that you know listens to podcasts that are narrative-centric or kind of fun or uh, anybody that's into D&D. Yeah, tell your friends. Word of mouth is great for us. And thank you to everyone who has already written reviews for us or already told their friends and spread the word about what we're doing here at Dice Boys. I want to say thank you to Beach Party for letting us continue to use their song, Carelessly Defined, off their album Broken Machine, which is a rad album and it is now on Spotify for those of you that do the Spotify thing, or you can check them out at beachpartypdx.bandcamp.com. And, as always, thank you to everyone out there who's creating moments creating good stories with their friends and putting positive energy out there in the world. Thank you so much. Don't stop. And remember, the right play is the fun play.